0: everyone, welcome to Christ Community Church. I'm Amy and this is Tricia and we want to give you a huge thanks for joining us today.
1: And for those watching online, thank you for tuning in to service this weekend. There are some great people behind the scenes that host our online service. And in addition to hosting the online chat, they'd love to assist you personally with prayer needs or connection opportunities. Feel free to use the chat feature throughout service to engage with other
0: people watching with you online. God the Father gave His only Son, and He continues to be generous and loving to us. Since He gave first, we
1: are responding to His generosity today through our offering. And we invite you to take this time to worship our Creator through giving. If you're watching online, you can do this by texting CCC Rochester to 77977 or by simply clicking the Give link on your screen. And if you're here with us in person, you can place your offering in the boxes at the back of the auditorium as you leave. There are many ministries and
0: missionaries in Rochester and around the world that are doing amazing things because of
1: your generosity whether you've been with us for years or this is your first time joining us, we just want to say welcome to CCC. A really great starting point to get plugged into the life of our church is by filling out our connection card. Stop by the welcome desk in the lobby to fill one out. Or if you're joining us online, click the connect
0: link in your screen. This is a great way for us to get you connected here at CCC. It is such a blessing to be able to come before the Lord in prayer. If you have any prayers or praises, please write them on the back of the connection card and leave it
1: at our welcome desk. If you're watching online, click request prayer and one of our hosts will be available to pray with you. Trisha Can you believe that Christmas is less than two weeks away? That is crazy. I mean, where has the time gone? Now we've been planning a very special Christmas Eve service to celebrate the birth of our Savior. We'll have in-person services on the 23rd at 5.30 and 7 p.m. and the 24th at 2.30 and 4 o'clock. You can also join us online Christmas Eve at 2.30 or 4 p.m. If you could already tell, we
0: are super excited for Christmas and we really hope that you are too.
1: Lastly, we want to give a special shout out to our student band for leading us in worship today. Yes, huge thanks to our students for leading us in worship. And on that note, we
0: encourage you to lean in and participate wherever you are.
1: So let's worship together.
2: The sacrifice with you yeah. walk through the season of kind of craziness as we go through the Christmas season, and also just everything else that's going on. God, I pray that we would keep our focus on you and following you, and that we could say truly from our hearts that we are available to you for whatever you need us, for whatever you want, Lord, we are here. God, I thank you so much for your goodness and your grace to us. You are so amazing, and you've given us so many things to praise about. In
1: Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated.
3: Greetings, Christ Community Church. How are you guys doing today? Everybody good? So those of you who are with us online, that is uh, the in-person church welcoming you. I'm really excited that we get to do this uh, in-person and online hybrid church. So grateful for, our, for all of you who are participating uh, in-person with us and also for those of you who are part of our online community. Um, it's This is just a good season for us as a church. I know there are a lot of hard things that are happening in our world right now and in many of our lives, but this is a good season for us as a church. Thank you guys for your participation. Okay, so um, awesome thing happened, at the Holden family this week. Um, Marie and I passed our Minnesota driver's license test this week. <laughs> Woo! Um, yeah, we've only lived here about eight months now, and you're supposed to get that done quickly, but COVID, So like it just slows everything down, and we didn't just like squeak bypass either, strong pass, it was, um, I was more nervous driving to take that test than I am walking out here to speak to you guys. So I was like, I did not want to flunk that test. Um, And I haven't taken it since I was 16. So like if you are 16 and you don't pass, that's one thing. If you're 51 and you don't pass, like somebody ought to mock you for that. So I didn't want to get mocked (laughs) over that. Funny thing happened to our house this week. Um, On Wednesday, I came home from work and Marie said, hey, did you see the Christmas tree? Well, I mean, the Christmas tree's been up for a while, so yes, I've seen the Christmas tree. It's about seven feet tall and it has lights and some ornaments and it, um, our tree has light flocking with glitter on it. So it's really pretty, we like it. Um, I've seen the Christmas tree, but I've also been married long enough to know that she wasn't just at like, hey, have you seen the Christmas tree? Evidently, I didn't see what she wanted me to see about the Christmas tree, so I took a longer look and noticed there was a present under it, because there weren't any presents yet. And so I said, is it the present? And she said, "Yes, yeah, it's the present. I said, is that for me? And she said, yeah, that's for you. And I just, I looked, at it, I'm like, wow, you put it way under the tree. <laughs> she said, yes, because I know how much you hate glitter, and if you try to get to that present before Christmas morning, you're gonna have <laughs> glitter all over you. So she figures it's safe. And she's totally right. I mean, like, I hate glitter. So I'm not gonna go digging for that present until somebody pulls it out of there and hands it to me. So that'll be good. And then she said, um, so did did you see, did you see something else about the tree? And I this is two things. I mean, I like so, <laughs> so I, I looked more carefully. I didn't see anything different. And then, but I just kind of noticed in the room there were some open boxes of Christmas ornaments. And so I said, did you add some ornaments to the tree? And she said yes. And I said, Did you like? Did you find those in our moving boxes? And because you know it's been kind of slow finding some of our Christmas stuff, the moving boxes. And she said, No. I was feeling like something gold and shiny, so instead of asking you for jewelry for Christmas, I went to the store and bought Christmas ornaments. Like, we are winning. Like this, I'm just winning at every turn this week. So we're having a lot of fun moving towards Christmas season. I hope you guys are having you finding ways to have fun. Um, yourself and with your families as we move towards celebration. I'm really enjoying our time together as we prepare to celebrate Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we're in this series, we're calling it A Thrill of Hope. And in this, the Christmas hymn we just sung, um, it's, taken, it's a line from there, A Thrill of Hope, Weary World Rejoices. And so everything about what we're talking about these weekends leading to Christmas is about hope by you finding hope and that that hope springs into joy and rejoicing and that flows out of us into the lives of the people in our circles of influence in our community. I mean, we just what we need at this time is we need the hope of Jesus flowing through our lives. The people around us need that too. And so last week, we talked about how Jesus is our savior. And if you weren't here for last week, I'd really encourage you to go back on the website and listen to that. I think it'll be encouragement to you today. I wanna talk with you about how Jesus is our healer and um, look at a couple of different places in the Gospel of Matthew, which these aren't really Christmas passages, but they teach us about why Jesus came. And so they're important for us to talk about this during this season, and on top of that, I think these are, this is an idea that's gonna spur hope within you. So let me just kind of give you a sentence to summarize all of this. Um, here's, here's what I want you to walk away with today. So Jesus cares, he can, and he continues to heal those who come to him. And Jesus cares, he can, and he continues to heal those who come to him. So I wanna, I wanna show you this first section from Matthew's Gospel, it's in Matthew chapter 11. And to give you a little bit of context, if you were with us last weekend, um, John, who, or excuse me, Zachariah, Who spoke, he was the dad of John the Baptist, and he spoke those prophetic words over his son about being the forerunner of the Messiah. So, fast forward a couple of decades, and John is living out that prophecy that his dad spoke and prayed over him. And he has come to loggerheads with a guy named King Herod who was very much opposed to what John was proclaiming. And so what Herod did was Herod threw John in jail. And so these verses that we're about to read here, John is in jail having a crisis of faith because he knew that he was the forerunner, the one who would make the way smooth for God's king and God's kingdom, and here he is rotting in jail under the thumbs of an earthly king. And and so things are not turning out like he had expected, and so he's having this crisis of faith, and he had some questions for Jesus. And because he's in jail, He can't ask the questions himself, so what he did was he sent his disciples to go ask Jesus these questions. In Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse two, when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Because I'm in jail, You're, like we thought you were God's king bringing God's kingdom, but it sure looks like this earthly king and the earthly kingdom is more powerful than you. So are you the one who was to come or should we look for someone else? And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the death here, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. So Jesus' answer here seems cryptic to us maybe, but it's really clear to John. What Jesus did was he took, he answered the prophecies. So these prophecies that are centuries old about about God's king, the Messiah, and about this kingdom that he would bring and what Messiah would be like and what he would do. And so what Jesus did in his answer to John was he said, hey, the prophecies, John, you know the prophecies. I'm fulfilling the prophecies. The prophecies that the blind would see, that the lame would walk, that the deaf would hear, that the dead would be raised. And like I love the one, too, like that, that the good news is gonna be proclaimed to the poor because if you're if you're going to start a movement you wouldn't start with proclaiming it to the marginalized people if you were going to really start a movement if you're a human movement you wouldn't proclaim to the poor you would want to go proclaim to the rich to the connected to the people who could take your message and spread it around and the people who could fund what you have to say but God's king God's kingdom is like the the good news is proclaimed to the poor and what this little exchange here between Jesus and John's disciples to meet John in his crisis of faith show us is that Jesus actually came to heal us and it's interesting to me that when he's talking about this healing ministry he is he's talking about like physical infirmities being healed it I didn't know this until this week, prepping for this time. There are, if if the stuff I was reading is correct, there are 37 miracles recorded in the Gospels that Jesus did, 37 miracles. Of those 37, 29 of them are on, they are healing, where Jesus was either casting out demons and healing somebody, or healing somebody like physically. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. 29 of the 37 miracles that are recorded for us, the life of Jesus, are about him healing people. Healing was a major emphasis in Jesus's ministry and the proclamation of good news to the people who were in need of some really good news. And, and then Jesus made that last statement. He says, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And he's saying that to John in his crisis of faith because things aren't turning out like John one had hoped they would be turning out. I want you to hold on to that little statement there because I want to talk about it as we get closer to the end of our time together. But Jesus came to bring healing to us. That's what he tells John in his crisis of faith, Matthew 11. So let's turn back a couple of pages in Matthew's gospel to Matthew chapter eight. The first half of Matthew chapter eight has three interactions that Jesus had with people. And in each one of these interactions, he is showing himself to be God's king and he's bringing God's kingdom with him and they all connect us to this idea that Jesus wants to heal us. And so in Matthew chapter eight, I can't read all of this for us, I'm just gonna kinda point a couple things out and we'll focus in on the last one. The first interaction is Jesus heals a leper, a man who had leprosy. Verse two, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So this, this man with this contagious skin disease comes and gets in front of Jesus and says, Jesus, if you're willing, you could make me clean. You know what Jesus did? Jesus put his hands on him. It's this act of compassion. Jesus put his hands on him and said, I'm willing, be clean. And that's just an incredible moment. I mean, if you wanted to, to connect this into the world that you and I live in today. Somebody who's flared up and active with COVID and Jesus would stand right in front of him and no masks, no gloves, no, just right in front of him, right there in harm's way and just say, hey listen, I'm healing you of this. He, Jesus put his hands on this guy who nobody else was touching. Leprosy was the isolation disease of that day and Jesus shows this tremendous amount of compassion in his willingness to step into the life of somebody who's suffering. So he, he meets this leper and then we move down. And Matthew writes this, like this happened in one day. And so if, it, if this is true, this is a really good day to be hanging around Jesus, the things people are getting to see. So after he heals this leper, then this centurion comes up to him. So this was a Roman official. So this was this wasn't even a Jewish person, wasn't of Jesus' race Roman official. Significance of that is the Roman official would have been like they were the occupying force. They were not welcome in the country. They walked in stronger than everybody else and just set up camp and said, We're in charge. You pay taxes to us. And the centurion was there, and part of what he was doing, he was there like he was living off the land and living off the backs of the Jewish people. And so the centurion comes to Jesus and said, Hey, I have this, this servant who's sick would you like would you heal my servant? And they had this exchange between them, and at the end of all of that, Jesus said, "Yeah, your servant's healed." And man, fascinating because jesus didn't he didn't go to that centurion's house. he didn't put his hands on the centurion's servant. He just spoke the word, and this the centurion's servant, we don't know anything about him. The centurion's servant is Healed and it just Jesus shows this great amount of power, and this this encounter is about his ability to just speak the word and whatever it was that was causing the suffering and the pain of that servant was gone at the request of the centurion, but at the spoken word, the power of Jesus to heal somebody, and then the third encounter is with Peter's mother. In chapter eight, verse 14, just at the end of the day, when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. That's like there's just, there's just a wholeness there that he brings to her life, and this is a, this is an incredibly personal encounter. Like he's friends with Peter at this point. Peter's one of his disciples, following after him. He knew Peter's mom before. He had to have known Peter's mom before. And he just brings this. He brings this wholeness into the situation. It wasn't like this slight healing where she feels a little better. It was like this real light. Like he raised her. She had. She was sick and in bed, and he raised her up, and she got up and began to wait on him, and then when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. And so, she's, so she was sick, and Jesus heals her, and she gets up and begins to wait on him to meet his needs and the needs of the people that he would have had with him, and then when darkness falls, I mean, it sure seems like this lady who was sick and in bed with the fever just a couple hours ago is now playing hostess to, to whoever was coming and being brought to Jesus so that demons could be cast out of them and for people who needed to be healed. I mean, it just looks like she's playing hostess for the people who are coming to Jesus. And this was chapter eight, verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. So what Jesus was doing in this day, with these three encounters, with the encounters before them, this was to fulfill a prophecy that was made about him 750 years before. That he took up our sins and he bore our infirmities and he bore our diseases. And if you read a little farther in Isaiah, where that prophecy is written, it ends with this, by his wounds we are healed. By Jesus' wounds we find healing. And it is definitely a spiritual healing and it is definitely an emotional healing and if you read the life of Jesus, you have to come to the conclusion that on top of that, he offers physical healing to his people as well. Jesus, he he can, he wants to, he will heal people who come to him. By his wounds, we are healed. So Christmas is this amazing celebration of Jesus coming and being born. And and we should celebrate that. We talked about it last week, when God becomes man, it's this amazing thing that we have Jesus as the God-man with his feet on our earth, living the kind of life that you and I live, but he, ultimately, he lived that life for the purpose of dying on a cross and rising again from the dead so that what you and I can experience in our lives is by his wounds we are healed. And so if you find yourself sitting here today needing healing in your life, the answer to that for you, the healing that you're looking for, By Jesus's wounds, you and I are healed. So if you would, let me talk to you a little bit about how you could receive and find the healing that comes from Jesus. All right, so let me just start with this statement. Acknowledge your brokenness. If you want healing that Jesus offers, the first piece of that, the first step in all of that is to acknowledge your brokenness. Samaria and I were having another conversation this week. We saw each other quite a bit this week. Um, No, I was working on this at the kitchen table and she was was in the kitchen doing something and I said, hey, is this statement true? So this is the statement I'm gonna give to you. God won't fix what you won't admit is broken. God won't fix what you won't admit is broken. Just think about that for a minute. We wrestled it out, and we talked about it, because it, it's not like God's an ogre withholding from you, but there is this principle that weaves its way through the scriptures. It's in there at least seven or eight times explicitly, and a bunch more times implicitly. God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So if you want to receive healing from the Lord, to acknowledge your brokenness is, that's the very first thing. God is willing to fix what's broken in your life, but he's not gonna do it for you until you admit that it's brokenness and that you're in need of him to step in for you. And so I was, you know, I was thinking about, okay, brokenness. We have a mission statement here. Our mission statement at our church is restoring our broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And like I, I love that statement in connection with what we're talking about, brokenness. And I think it's really important for us as a church to recognize that we are all broken. Hey, every one of us sitting in this room, watching on the camera, like, we are all broken. And it is the good news of Jesus Christ as God's king and God's kingdom that, that restore our brokenness, and as he's restoring our brokenness, he'll allow us to be part of his restoration work of the brokenness that people are around us, and so we have this incredible privilege of being able to minister to and bring people to the person who can actually heal them to restore their brokenness, and so if we are going to find healing by his wounds, we are healed, the very first thing is we have to acknowledge our brokenness. Here's the second thing. We're gonna ask and keep asking Jesus to heal your physical, your emotional, your spiritual brokenness. And listen and keep listening for his response. To ask and keep asking Jesus to heal and to listen and to continue listening for his response. So I ran across this verse this week. I don't have it on the slide for you because. Slides were already done and sent in and all this stuff, so that has to get done earlier. But here's, here's a verse to pray for yourself, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 14. Just listen to this and you might wanna write that down so you can find it later, Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. If you are physically, emotionally, spiritually broken, ask God and keep asking him. To, to heal you, to heal your brokenness and listen and keep on listening for his response because it is by Jesus' wounds that we are healed. Now, so they wrestled through this this week too, so I'm preaching a message on Jesus wants to heal you physically in Med City. <laughs> so, so, um, so what about the medical professionals? What about medicine, right? So let me just kind of give you a minute on this. I think this will be encouraging to you. Um, so Marie is a doctor's kid. So she grew up in a medical family and I met her young so I kinda, in, as an in-law, grew up in a medical family too. Um, just thinking through this biblically, so the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, he had a traveling companion named Luke. You know what he calls Luke? The beloved physician. So if there's, you know, like if if, medicine is anti-Bible, then Luke doesn't get named as a beloved physician. He's gonna get called something else. And Paul also wrote to Timothy, said, hey, you've got stomach problems, stop drinking just water, drink a little wine, which was the medical advice of that day to help with your stomach. So Paul seems to be really cool with doctors. And, and he had Luke with him because Paul got in trouble physically quite a bit. And so part of what Luke brought to the table was an ability to help care for and heal the apostle Paul as he traveled as a missionary. So you have you have like this statement of blessing and affirmation over medicine and over medical people and because like one of the ways that God ministers to us is through other people. And and some of the people here in our town and other places I mean God's put a passion in their heart for healing, for research, for chasing out how to help. Like it's a gift from God to us. So I want to, I want to make sure that you hear that, but there's this one other thing that happens in Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12. And this is one of the Old Testament kings of the nation of Israel. His name's Asa. He was a good king. He, he pursued the Lord and he led people to pursue the Lord, so he's this good king. but at the end of his life, he had this disease. And this is what 2 Chronicles 16, 12 says, though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. And so there's this, for God's people, there's this, well, you have we have been given a gift to have men and women who are passionate and talented and do a wonderful job helping us, but there's this, kind of this nudge or poke in the scriptures of we seek help from the Lord. So I boiled all this down when I wrote down on my notes to seek help from the Lord and go to the doctor, right? I mean, it's like we do both. We seek help from the Lord and we go to the doctor recognizing that, that medicine and medical professionals, I mean, what a, what, a, what a gift and a blessing to us. So we ask and we keep on asking the Lord to heal us, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and we listen and we keep listening for his response. And again, if you're, if you're just sitting here and, and you're hurting in some way, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. If the Lord heals you, you will be healed. Save me and I will be saved for you are the one I praise. And so we're gonna ask the Lord for his healing and we're gonna listen for his response as we seek help from the Lord, then here's this next statement, receive the healing he offers. Receive the healing that he offers you. So, if you're like me, something's going on in your life or the life of somebody that you love, there's some brokenness there, and you need, like we need the Lord to speak into this, we seek his healing in these things, it's really easy to like pray about it once, twice, three times, and when, if, when we don't hear anything, then we just kinda let that go or we forget about it or, or we're you know, we chasing it medically, right? We've stopped seeking the Lord in this and now we're just trusting the doctors. And, and so here's what I would say to you in this. You do not have to settle for unanswered prayer. The Bible's really clear that God wants you to chase him. He wants you to seek him with your whole heart. Um, Jesus told stories about people who continued to stay in front of people over them, to st- asking, 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 seeking, 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 knocking, knocking, knocking. And Jesus said, like, he told a story about a, a lady who was in need of justice and how she continued to go before this judge asking for justice. And he told that story specifically so that his people would pray and not give up. So you don't have to settle for an unanswered prayer. If you are praying and you are listening and you are hearing nothing from the Lord, you don't have to stop. He's he's calling you forward, he's drawing you in, he's helping you seek him with your whole heart and when you seek him with your whole heart, You will find him and when you're in the place where it's best for you that he speaks into that brokenness, he's going to speak into that brokenness and so I want you to know today you do not have to settle for unanswered prayers. Stay before the Lord until he answers you. Now, this is where we gotta hold on to that last little thing that Jesus said to John the Baptist sitting in jail. He said, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Because there are a lot of people out there who at this point in the message would begin to tell you how God has a healing for you, the things that you've been asking for. He's gonna give you if you just, and they'll give you a few things to do. They'll promise you things that, so Jesus looks right at John, who's sitting in jail, and says to him, blessed is the one who does not stumble because of me. Jesus will disappoint you. He's not gonna do everything you ask of him. He's not, I guess it may not turn out the way that you had hoped it would turn out, and if you are one of those people who are living life, like you've heard from the Lord, and it is not going the direction that you had hoped or prayed or that maybe somebody on TV had said, if you just do it this way, it'll go the way you want. If If you are disappointed, Jesus says there's a blessing for people who remain faithful to him even though they don't understand. And that, to me, is an astounding thing. Just my personal Bible reading this morning, I'm reading through Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's known, some guys call it the hall of faith, where it's just this list of people who lived with faith even though they couldn't see what God, they're believing God's promises and pursuing his promises all their life, and that chapter ends is really intriguing. How it ends? It ends with this list of people who, because of their faith, like they they received healing, dead were raised, they won victories, like all this really cool stuff. And then it gives this list of other people who, who with their faith, like they were they're they're called people who of whom the world is not worthy because their faith cost them. They were thrown into prison. They were punished, they were beaten, they, they had stuff taken from them. They gave their life because of their faith, and there's this, it just kinda shows this whole idea that there's this group of people that, that their faith, like, moved mountains, and this other group of people, like, it is not turning out like it did for that other group, and Jesus looks at those people and he says, hey, listen, blessed is the one who does not stumble on account of me, and so my encouragement to you is that you stay before the Lord and you ask and you keep on asking and you listen and you keep on listening until he speaks into your circumstances and then what he says, the answer to that is yes, even if it's not what you wanna hear because there's a blessing for people who do not stumble on account of Jesus. And so receive the healing that he offers. There will be some kind of healing in that. If you read on these kinds of things you listen to Christian people, when the Lord speaks, his voice always provides some kind of healing. And so receive the healing that he offers and then this is the fourth thing, share the healing that he gives you. Share the healing that he gives you. And this to me is the most incredible thing that Jesus would let you, Jesus would let me be part of the work that he is doing in somebody else's life. I love what my friend Will Davis calls this. He calls this overhealing or over-restoring. Because not only have you been healed or have you been restored, you get to participate in the healing and the restoring that God is doing in someone else's life. It's just this, it's this most amazing thing. And if we go back to that Jeremiah verse, you know, heal me and I will be healed. When you get healed, healed, and when you get healed by God, you have something. To share. And God never just gives you something so that you can hang on to it for yourself. He gives you something so that you can share it with other people. And it might be something just like Peter's mom that we were, his mother-in-law, that we read there a few minutes ago. He healed her and what she had to share, she was the hostess for this crazy party where people with demons and people with diseases are coming to Jesus and He's speaking the word and demons are fleeing and he's healing them their sicknesses. But if, you, like, if you've been healed, healed. if You have been saved by Jesus, like you've been saved, saved. You have something to share. And, and so you and I, as we receive this healing that Jesus has to offer us, and then we share it with the people who are around us. Heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, Lord, and I'll be saved because you are the one that I praise. And so if you're here today, you watching today, I, I want us to pray together. I know, that, I know that many of us are suffering, struggling, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Ourselves, people I love, you love, we got stuff going on in our lives. And we need the Lord to speak into and speak over that. And so if, if we just take a couple minutes, we're gonna pray together. I'm gonna give you a moment to pray. And then after we pray, I'll ask you our questions for reflection, for discussion, and then we'll be dismissed this evening. So would you please bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Jesus came to heal us. He wants to heal us. He is able to heal us. He continues to heal us. So what kind of healing do you need? If you just acknowledge that before the Lord, or maybe you're thinking of somebody that you know and love in this moment, what kind of healing does this person need? And we you just make that ask of the Lord, ask him to heal. Just listen for a second and see what he says about that. So Father, we keep praying your words back to you. Um, Heal us so that we can be healed. Save us so that we can be saved. And we, we want to share your healing with those who are around us. And Jesus, it's by your stripes that we are healed. So we are looking to you. And we pray these things in your name, amen. So the prayers you prayed in this moment, the prayers you prayed in this moment, if you didn't hear the Lord say anything back to you, the prayer you prayed in this moment matters for what you're asking the Lord for. You, that prayer makes a difference in your life and the life of the person that you prayed for in this moment because God can and he will and he does and he is anxious to heal. All right, so let me ask you some questions, just give you some things to think about as you finish up your church time, this whatever you're doing after we're done here today, after you finish, you hit the off button on your TV. So here's the first question, this is just for fun. What's the status of your Christmas shopping? This is really for you guys who think that somehow like, it it's farther away than it is. You're welcome. Second question, what do you think of Jesus' statement, blessed is the one who does not stumble on account of me? I think that's a pretty significant statement. And so what do you think, what do you think about that statement? Third, which of the qualities that Jesus demonstrated by healing, whether it's compassion or power or that wholeness Which of those stand out to you and why do you think those stand out to you? Um, Interact with that statement. This is the fourth one. God won't fix what you won't admit is broken. Marie and I got to talk about that some this week, so think about it, talk about it with others. God won't fix what you won't admit is broken. And then this fifth one, is there an area of your life you know the Lord has given you healing? And how have you or how can you share that with others? Because again, Lord, every gift the Lord gives to us, he gives to us to share with people who are around us. And so we have this tremendous privilege, this tremendous opportunity to share what he has done for us with the world who's around us. And we live in a world that needs hope. And so I'm really grateful that you guys are the kind of people that will be sharing hope with those who are around you. I know you're gonna do it this week. It's gonna be an amazing thing. This is Christmas season. People's spiritual antenna are up. They're listening and they're watching. So what you have received freely share with the people who are around you. God bless you guys. I love you. It's been great to be with you. We will see you next week.